Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and with me, my partner in crime, uh, Igor Djurkovic. Uh, Igor, how are you doing? Uh, as our every single podcast starts, uh, doing fine, ready to go. Yeah, um, I know that it's a it's a labor of love that's not easy, um, and uh, and one of the things that you enjoy, I'm sure, also is that your power rankings are a topic of discussion. And uh, so, I guess my question to you uh, to to kind of start off was. What did you think about uh, three of your top four teams losing, <laughs> um, at least all of them on the road, and then your 14th and fifth and 16th uh, ranked teams uh, uh, picking up victories? Yeah, it's the it's the commentator's curse of the power rankings. Uh, I mean, every time I put somebody in first place, they lose by 20, and every time I uh, put somebody in 16th, they go on to reach the last 16 of the FIBA Basketball World Cup or something like that so basically i'm i'm kind of used to it by now i mean <laughs> this, this is just becoming crazy i don't even know who i'm gonna put next week in the 16th spot but <laughs> probably somebody who needs to win because i mean I, being I'll, I'll come i'll win. come back to you on that one because i think um i think i might have the the answer for you so oh, okay um okay yeah, so his uh, so Igor's power rankings are out there. Out there. Obviously, that was a that was a before uh, last week's uh, this week's games. Um, I guess uh, so. The interview we have this week is uh, with uh, Salim uh, Chenar, the GM of uh, Pinar Kashiaka. Um, uh, interesting, interesting history uh, with that club. He's actually from Izmir, uh, where where Kashiaka uh, 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 plays, and. Um, and uh, has been with the club a long time. Started with as a as a as a as a volunteer statistician, stati- statist, ah, statistician. I know that's not even right. I can't even say that word. It's a tough word. Statistician. Yeah. Ask, yeah. ask the non-native English speaker to uh, to come up with the <laughs> pronunciation of that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a wonderful chat with him. Um, uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, but uh, obviously we have plenty to get to before, before that. Um, let's, let's start as we do all the time with the, with the, uh, standout performances of the week, uh, two of the playoffs, uh, Darius Thompson, uh, with 23 points, five rebounds, six assists, four steals, one block in Brindisi's big win over the aforementioned Kashiaka. Uh, Jarek Harding, uh, absolutely fantastic, 28 points uh, in just 25 minutes, uh, 10 of 15 shots in Nimburg's win over Sasari. Eden Atic, Igokea's big, big win over uh, Fevriga, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Jonas uh, Machulas, uh, the veteran, coming up. 13 points, three, three rebounds, one steal in Ike's win over Turk Telecom. And Isaiah Miles, uh, Halone's win over Tofa, 16 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and one block. Um, unlike other weeks, there's actually a couple of guys that, that I think uh, actually probably could have uh, grabbed a spot. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start, see what you what you have. No, 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 I want to hear who are your guys. Um I, I think that um, actually McGee, Tyrus McGee from Halone, um, you know, 25 points, nine rebounds, uh, two blocks, uh, scored actually seven points in that fourth quarter where they, they pulled away. Um, I know you have to try to kind of go with position and stuff like that. Um, 
Uh, and and actually, I mean, it's really hard not to put Casey Shepard in there. Uh, big road win by Nizni, 26 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Um, I think both of those guys, um, you know, really could have gotten in there. I Again, with, with lineup and stuff, you know, how you do it with guards, uh, it's not necessarily easy. But let's call it, we'll do a, a, a small ball lineup Um so that, that those are guys definitely that that uh, I'm not saying that especially Harding and, and Thompson um, and, and Atich I guess too um, really yeah. deserve their spots. But so what do you think? Yeah, I mean Atich was really excellent. I don't I don't think that his numbers are actually the, the the real reflection of what he did because he scored in bursts. You know, like his four three pointers came in quick succession. So basically, that that kind of made it even more influential than the actual 23 points, which already looked good. So I'm, I'm all, all, all fine with Atic. Uh, and of course, I agree with you. I mean, big time win away from home for Nizhny and another great game by Tyrus McGee. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It, again, it's it's a whole lineup thing. How do you, you know, how do you figure it out? So uh, let's break it down. Um, uh, let's start right, right away with uh, Group I. Uh, Hapo Unet credit Halon uh, knocking off um, Tofas Bursa uh, in Turkey 93-81 uh, 2-0 for Halon and 0-2 for Tofas and uh, the other game was Hapikasa Brindisi uh, moving to 1-1 with an 83-79 win over Karshiaka who are also 1-1 I'll let you go and start see what your thoughts are um, I focused on the Brindisi against Karciaka game because um, I kind of wanted to see what Brindisi can do against the title contender that Karciaka are. And it was amazing to see them playing together and uh, keeping Karciaka at bay all the time. It's only the second defeat of Karciaka in 2021. They are now 12-2 and two, uh, this year, three months they've played. So that just speaks volumes, how good they are and how big of a win this is for Brindisi. Yeah, um, the, the 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 my biggest takeaway. I mean, first of all, uh, I mean you have to really think. You know, how good is this team um, going to be if when uh, Harrison comes back? Um, but as something that we also talk to um, the GM um, about in the in the interview is you saw just how important a guy like Emmett Mbai is. Um, you know, it was a it was a 19-point lead, and it was still 14-point lead for Brindisi, under four minutes left. And, um, and uh, you know, he scored, he had two, two three-pointers, scored eight points, two rebounds, and a steal in the final 149 to make it a much, much more manageable four-point deficit. I, I just can't help but think that, that might uh, come into play uh, in determining who makes it to the final eight. You don't know, but maybe. Yeah, like we always said in this podcast, every point counts, especially with the new format. Every point counts. Anything from the um, from Holon's uh, win? I'll save it for later. Save it for later. Okay. Um, yeah, I just thought it was. Uh, I don't want to. Hopefully, I don't steal any of your numbers. Um, uh, I, I just it was funny that uh, that you know you get 18 rebounds and you have a 23 to four uh, second chance points um, advantage, 
and uh, you, you still you still can't get it. Um, so yeah, that was um, Group I, Group J. Uh, Igokea getting a huge win uh, at Fevriga 91-75. Igokea going to one and one. Fevriga 0 and two. And and then the big Spanish battle um, with uh, Herrera San Pablo's Burgos winning 101-79 uh, over Lenovo Tenerife. Um, Burgos 2-0, Tenerife 1-1. and uh, Go for it. I mean, this is this is the part where I jinxed Tenerife by putting them in first spot uh, of the power rankings. Uh, but this is kind of a weird battle between them because it's turning into a big-time rivalry in Spain, and also they've got a game on the weekend. Yeah. So this is this is it's not just a part of just one game. It's a larger scheme of events now between Burgos and Tenerife, kind of fighting on who the actual champions of the PCL are because, you know, Tenerife started started the Spanish domination and then Burgos started the defending champs. So this, this is becoming the, a really nice rivalry to follow. And as for the other game, uh, it was it was so easy to see that the Okea would bounce back. And at the same time, you got to feel sorry for Petriga because they played two amazing games and then they still dropped to only two. Yeah, um, I'll start with with Riga just because you go on that one. You you, you see what um, in this game? I think from Riga you see what a lack of depth actually means. You know, they only had seven players basically. You had no Alexander Matson and no um, Anger Scala, which with a short rotation, non deep team, anyhow, just you know exposes you that much more. Um, and I mean, for, for me, the, my, my biggest, um, sort of talking point, whatever from Burgos is first you build a 17 point lead and then you lose it all and then you blow, and then you blow them out. So, I mean, that was, um, that was probably the, the most impressive is, you know, to, 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 you know, to, you know, take the punch, um, give a serious punch, take it and then, you know, beat them down you know um so an impressive one and uh um it would have been interesting to see if the how what this game would have been like if the spanish league game would have been before this game uh, yeah it kind of reminds me of the final eight setting because uh tenerife played against zaragoza in the spanish league mm-hmm, right and then they went over time and then when they met again in athens zaragoza were actually the ones who kind of stole the thunder and advanced to the semifinals when everybody was expecting Tenerife to do so. So basically, when you're playing two straight games against the same opponent, it's always tough. And especially if that's the opponent from your own league. So that every kind of um, surprise effect is lost. And it's all down to who makes the shots, who does the extra little bit of detail on defense, and it can go either way. Totally agree. Let, let, let's move to Group K. Uh, Ike getting a 74-65 victory over Turk Telecom Ankara for in their first game, 1-0 now in the group. Turk Telecom down to 1-1. One and, one. and Nizhny Novgorod uh, knocking off Sig Strasburg, 73-68. Uh, Nizhny's first game, so they're 1-0, and Strasburg down to 0-2. I'll let you uh, go for this one. 
uh, we've always said that Zoran Lukic has a kind of a blueprint of his coaching and this game was just another typical example of it because Nizhny started the game horribly and then once Casey Shepard stepped in and it just the game was turned upside down and they were down by I think 15 ended up winning by five which means they were a plus 20 team since the end of first quarter middle of first quarter Whenever. So basically, that, that's just another another example that Zoran Lukic is a coach of the season candidate over here. Yeah, um, I'll come back to Nizhny a little bit later as well. Um, but you know, just the fact that you um, you get uh, you know, like you said, it was a fifteen point lead, and um, and uh, yeah, that they were able to come back. Um, in the other game. Obviously, Turk Telecom struggling from outside, seventeen percent uh, from three point. Uh, you know that's obviously going to be hard to, to to win a game like that. But but tell me, where did you have um, with Macon being now you know new to the team and 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 Langford being Langford? Um, they took eight and seven field goal attempts. Where did you have uh, Linus Kristikopoulos um, and Jonas Machulas? In leading the team in field attempts uh, in your in your pool um, in your betting pool, <laughs> uh, probably never. I'm not kind of surprised because he is a guy that catches and shoots a lot, and he even had some uh, transition points. But for Isikopoulos, it's a surprise because he's a point forward basically, and when he was playing youth basketball, he was a point guard who's almost seven feet tall. So it's not a surprise that Machulis shot the ball a lot, but with a couple of taken over, it is a bit of a surprise. And it's also a good sign for Ike that they can still hold teams to 65 points and win games, despite the fact that uh, Langford had an off night and Bacon did need 20 shots to score 20 points. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, whenever you can, you know, give depth to your production, it's always good. Uh, group Group L. Uh, uh, Ione Nimburg, uh winning at home 90-89 over Denimo Sassari and then uh, Casa de Monsaragosa winning at home 77-65 over Rosa Bamberg I'll let you start looking forward to this one <laughs> yeah I mean this is a group that I, I thought everybody was going to be a one and one uh, a group that I thought Sassari and Bamberg were the favorites to advance and of course after two rounds Sassari and Bamberg are winless and Zaragoza and Yeah, uh, actually, just like the Nimber game last week um, that they beat Bumberg, I wrote down Bumberg got Bumberged again. Um, you know, the game was close, and then Saragossa just gradually pulled away the same way that Bumberg had done in the regular season. Bumberg shot just 36% from the field. Um, uh, in the other game, Harding was absolutely fantastic. Uh, deservedly uh, getting a spot on that team, um, 
you know, obviously with his uh, with his uh, connection to Weber State and 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 Damian Lillard, obviously a, a, a fun one for you. Um, obviously, the, the headlines, you know, there was a lot of attention uh, to Coach uh, Posecco's uh, comments afterwards. Uh, you know, all right. So is the is the Bilan? You know, does he touch the ball there on, at the end with 17 seconds? Sure, that's really really hard to to say or not, um, but. You know, I, I really, I, I mean, anybody who, who knows me, um, and, and sort of my philosophy on basketball, yes, if, you know, a coach is never allowed to say, uh, you know, they lost a game at the end, um, on, on a referee decision. Um, you know, Gentile missed a pretty good, easy, pretty open layup there, uh, with 42 seconds left. Play better defense on the final possession. Uh, don't give up 14 offensive rebounds. Don't go three of nine on, on free throws. I mean, there's enough reasons, uh, where you don't put yourself in that situation. So you don't even have to, you know, worry that a referee might make a really tight decision, you know? And so that, that's, um, I don't know how, how, how you saw that. I know Cesare is, is, you know, Italian basketball in general is, is, uh, uh, is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a big passion for you. Just wondering what you thought about kind of how that, um, about, about all that. Yeah. I mean, you can always say that Sassari had a seven point lead with a minute to play, but at the same time, it's just, uh, it, it always felt like if it's a close game, gonna go on the side I mean and just a couple of calls that it's not a matter of were they right or wrong it's just that they took Sassari completely out of their rhythm and Nimburg were ready to bounce on it and to advance I mean to, to win the game on the on the on a jump shot by Hayden Dalton with just a second to go so basically it's just it took them completely out of their rhythm and they could have should have won this game easily yeah, and I and I think I Nimberg won this game. Desari didn't lose this game. Nimberg won those. You know, you look at those two big three pointers in the final, whatever it was, minute and a half or whatever it was. Um, you know, you have to come up with that 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 uh, play call and execute it uh, on the final possession and make that shot. You know, and um, and uh, so I, Nimberg took it. You know, they 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 they. You know, Sasari did not necessarily lose the game. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, in my opinion, Nenberg won and and won the game. Yep. Let's go to over. Let's go to overtime. Um, stat of the week. What do you have? I've got eight, and it's the amount of three pointers that Igokea made in third and fourth quarter. I think it was on twelve tries, and Riga had eight three pointers in the first half, but it just didn't feel like they were stingers like the the Igokea ones. It just Every time that Riga were trying to make a comeback, somebody would knock down a three-pointer or either Clemens or Atic. And just the eight three-pointers kind of sealed the deal here for Riga Kea. And they got a massive win in the end because they are now only minus four in their game points difference. So after two rounds and after that big defeat, Tenerife, this is a perfect bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to stay in that game, and I'm going to stay on three-pointers. I'm going to say 56.5, and that is the percent that both teams uh, shot yeah. from three-point range, 13 of 23 for both teams. Uh, yeah, just well. kind of an oddity on that one. So uh, obviously shooting the lights out. But like you said, the EOKO ones kind of had a, had a bigger feeling uh, um, in it. Uh, overreaction Friday. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna say that I'm a little bit worried about Karsiakis three point shooting. Um, they they went five of twenty five uh, in the loss to Brindisi. That's twenty percent. They shot just two of sixteen uh, against Tofas for twelve percent, and um, and so that's seventeen percent in the um, in the in the in the uh, in the playoffs. They only shot 32.3% in the regular season, and that ranks them way down to any, from anyone else that's even close to still in a competition. Um, uh, right now, they're at 28.8 because of the two performances, and that ranks them, uh, you look at Tofas's next worst at 33.8 and then 34.4. So I'm a little bit worried in this age of, of using three-pointers to kind of um, come back from deficits and kind of pull away and, and get some space that they're shooting less than 29% uh, uh, in the competition. Yeah, you can you can see it as room for improvement because once they start shooting the ball well, nobody's gonna stop them if they're already so good without shooting three pointer. Uh, my own reaction is that the Ripe are gonna blow out Burgos on over the weekend uh, because that's what usually happens when a couple of Spanish teams meet each other for two straight games and always bring in some extra trash talk into the equation. And uh, I really wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, it's going to be one to watch. Uh, did you know what do what do you know that uh, that we should uh, find out? You already touched on it because Jerry Harding was the top scorer of Weber State ever, and you mentioned Damian Lillard. But did you know that Damian Lillard wasn't actually the top scorer of the Weber State at the time when Jerry Harding took him? took him down because another BCL legend was and it was Jeremy Sanglin. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, he played for Nanterre and he was the all-time leading scorer for Weber State and then Jerry Parting took him down. Did not know that. Did you know that Christian Senkfelder is a author? Um, he had oh. a book co-written, uh, ghost-written, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's called Der Lange Weg zum Basketball Profi. So the long road to basketball professional. Um, so we have a uh, we have an we have an author among our BCL players. Yeah, maybe we should get him to start writing his own column for BCL. There you go. Let's talk to the talk to the to the man in charge. Um, I totally should be surprised with, and I'll start um, that Nizni have a legit chance uh, to make the final eight. Uh, you know, you have a, a five-point uh, road win over Strasbourg, road win, um, and then you have um, you have a tough game on the road against against Turk Telecom, and then you get Turk Telecom and Ike on a Tuesday, Thursday, both games at home, the weekend of the 23th, 25th, and stuff like that. You also um, you also have Vorontsevic who coming in. Who I think uh, was one of the most underrated players. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated players in European basketball history. Um, so that the fact that um, you know that they got that win in Strasbourg, which is a tough place to play even without fans, um, you know that that's a huge win. And uh, they're they're by far not even close to to making it to the final eight. But that's I I I, I, I would not be totally surprised. What do you got? 
not sure if we're on the totally surprised. <laughs> I should be surprised with, uh, or should not be surprised with. Uh, I should be surprised with uh, Upwell Holland climbing to two and zero, because even though they played amazing basketball, they had two road games to start their uh, playoffs, and to be at two and zero, this is a gigantic surprise to me. And especially because they play in the same group with Brindisi and Kashiaka, who are obviously the candidates to reach the final eight, and not only that, but the challenge for the title. So Holmes started 2-0 should definitely be a surprise to everybody. Yeah, um, I think I kind of, <laughs> kind of messed up. Because um, I, have, I, have I have another one um, that... Well, no, I'm not surprised with the other one. You're not surprised, okay. I'm not, no, with the other one. So is that... So okay. Is, Anyhow, okay, so do your last one. <laughs> uh, I'm not... Uh, I totally not, should not be surprised. So. Yeah, I totally should not uh, be surprised uh, with IX defense because uh -huh. we keep on preaching their offense and the solutions that they have, but they're so good on defense. I mean, uh, Marcus Slaughter is probably the defensive player of the year, the way he reacts and everything. Dickon Lloyd Smith wrote about it last season and nothing has changed and even without Yannick Moreira they're able to hold a team like Turk Teleton to 65 points so this is this really should not be a surprise to anybody that they're a strong defensive team even though we see them as an amazing offensive team with so many threats in Langford, Macon, Wojcicki, Machulis, Krisikopoulos, everybody else. Uh, I promised you somebody who should be number 16 in the power rankings. Um, and, uh, my, my, uh, the, uh, brethren here in, in Germany are probably going to get even more hate, hate, hate on me now. I totally should not be surprised with Bamberg losing two, two in a row. Uh, first of all, you have two road games. Um, and I, I don't want to say it was over, you know, that they were, uh, overrated, whatever, but, um, uh, you know, I, I I thought they were playing a little bit over over what they the results were. You I think you see a little bit more of of the real Bamberg in the German league, uh, where they're struggling. I think they're a game under five hundred. Um, and I mean I don't know. You look at uh, okay the fact that if there was if that was two home home losses, then you could definitely go and put them at sixteen. But at least there's a candidate there to go down to number sixteen. Sorry to my fans uh, to the fans in in, in Bamberg that might know me. I'm not jumping on your bandwagon over here. Uh, my bandwagon of 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 of, uh, <laughs> of hating on Bamberg is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm I'm not hating. I'm just I'm just un, I, I just see a different um, uh, uh, I don't know reality. Anyhow, anyhow. All right. So uh, interview uh, interview of the week. Uh, we had a chance to talk to. I think it's a it's a it was a it was a fun chat. Learning more about uh, Pinar Kashiaka, um, and that is with uh, Salim Chinar, the GM. So catch you on the other side of that. All right. So on the show this week we have Salim Chinar, the general manager of uh, Pinar Kashiaka. Um, uh, Salim, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. I appreciate for your invitation. Um, let's, let's start off with, um, this most recent game, your, your team, uh, lost to Happy Casa Brindisi, 83-79 in the second, uh, game of the playoffs. Uh, they, um, you actually, you, you led in the third quarter, uh, and then, 
uh, Brindisi kind of pulled away. They led by as many as 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 nineteen, and it was still even a fourteen point lead with uh, under three minutes left, and uh, it ended up being just a four point victory. And you know, as we've talked about so many times, uh, points are point differential is so important. Um, obviously, you never want to lose a game, um, but maybe you know it was a road game and it was quote only a four point uh, loss. Maybe your you know uh, your thoughts about uh, how, how the game went. Ah, uh, actually, uh, first that I I have to say I'm going to accept that Happy Casablanca uh, is a is a high quality team, high quality roster uh, in the competition. Uh, you can also basically understand where they are standing in this Italian league. So uh, that that we were expecting that that would be a tough game, and to be honest, we were expecting to lose or to win on the road. Uh, anyway, uh, probably people who watched the game could understand the beginning of the the beginning of the game, the first half especially. It was not good for us. Uh, we couldn't. At first, maybe we partially we did partially we couldn't. But maybe to to answer to react their toughness and to be honest, maybe because of the road game, uh, they were so tough and and officiating that them to be that much tough. Maybe uh, then in the third quarter, it was more balanced game. But at the end, we lost by four, and our persons as well, so not not very well. So if we could score maybe with a better percentage, but the result could be could be different. But anyway, at the end, we lost by four. But in the group stage, we will have one more game home. So we will think and we will look forward for that. Yeah, I think but um... we have to congratulate the Happy Casa this year. For the for the win, yeah, I, I think you you guys uh, struggled from three point range. Um, that that game came after the the big Turk, you know, one of the two games, uh, big games against the Turkish teams. Um, you have uh, Tofas Bursa also in your group, and you started the playoffs with a seventy eight seventy home victory. Um, maybe just mm-hmm. how pleased you are um, about that game and the result. Yes, we also played Tofash in in the Turkish league, but right. of course those two games were different from each other. 78, 70, uh, eight point difference, but at the end of the game, whole game was a tie game, mm-hmm. and that was also another tough game for us because uh, Tofash uh, is a is a team that we have to respect. They they have six foreigner players in their roster. However, they were unlikely they were missing one. I think this week also they were missing two against Holon. Uh, that that was maybe unlucky for them, but that was another tough game. And to be honest, we we are pleased that we we won the game at the end. Eight points is uh, is a good difference, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, to, put the, to put to put in the pocket. Yeah. Eight points. Yeah, sure. It's it's um, it, it, you have to beat somebody. Now they have to come back and beat you by nine points, basically, and that's it's not not always yeah, an easy thing to do. Um, let let's kind of just do the the regular season in, in maybe just one question. Uh, you you had the the four victories. 
um, over um, uh, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. The the, the two the yeah, the, uh, and then the the two games uh, you lost to to Bamberg uh, by one point at their place, and then uh, two weeks later at home by by six points. Um, maybe you know four and two record, uh, and you know losing by you know combined seven points. How how do you look back on the regular season? Uh, regular season, when you think about the group, that was also a tough and a and valuable group in my in my opinion, because we played against Bilbao Basket from Spain. We played against Bologna. We played against Bombay. Yeah. As Fortitudo is the other team, right? <laughs> yeah, the other two teams I'm talking about. And the first game was against Bilbao on the road. Mm-hmm. And we won that game, if I'm not wrong, by 10-11, I think it's supposed to be. Uh, so that, that win was so valuable. We also saw that at the end of the group, because the last game was against Bilbao home in Karsiaka. So that was a valuable win for us. After that, we lost against Bamberg with one point on road, which is unlikely last shot for the make. But uh, Bamberg, you know that they didn't lose any games in the regular season. And I think this week they had the, they had the first loss. Uh, sorry, last week they had the first loss. So... Uh, and you think about that, Bamberg is is a is a tough was a tough team, and still I think they are. So anyway, I mean regular season, the target was to go up, and we did. Now we're in top sixteen. The target is push to go up. So we will see. We like to get to know um, the 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 people that we interview. Uh, you're you're from you're from Izmir. Uh, maybe how and when uh, did basketball find you? I was a fan of basketball. I was a fan of Karsiaka, uh since when I was a kid. And when I was studying statistics at a university, voluntarily I wanted to be, I wanted to help, to be honest, about statistics in the club, and somehow. I met the coach at that moment, the coach of Karsiaka, and voluntarily I started to do some some kind of statistics, say some kind of reports as much as I can and as much as coach asking for me. Uh, that was the beginning, to be honest. Uh, starting a part of a part of basketball family, uh, and then day by day, uh, I started to get some other responsibilities and. When I was graduated, and then they asked me to be the translator, and I accepted. And then I became team manager, and then they asked me to do something in the in the club on the financial side about reporting of financial side. I also accepted that, blah blah blah, step by step, it went through. And since 2013, 2014, the season of 2013, 14. I became the I became the general manager of, of the basketball basketball team. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, you know, as you know, you, you so you grew up with the club, and um, and then so you saw yeah, sort right. of the first first you know firsthand the rise of the team. You know, the team made the playoffs in 2010, 2011, and twelve. Um, and then really came that twelve thirteen season where you know you you reached the cup. Uh, quarterfinals, the league semifinals, um, and then there was the the Euro Challenge Final Four, 
uh, in Karshiaka. Uh, uh, you guys also host. You also reached the final. That didn't go as you uh, as you well had hoped. Um, actually, a heartbreaking loss to Samara from Russia. You guys were leading by 17 points uh, mm-hmm. with seven minutes less less than seven minutes to play, and you ended up losing by by one point. Head coach then yeah. and and now head coach um, uh, Ufuk Sharika called it cruel, um, which I think is a, is a is a is a great word. Um, maybe how do you how do you remember that that season? Um, and then maybe also that, that game. Uh, basically I can say that was the first year, uh, of the, of the connection of coach Sarija and Narkarshika. I was, I was team manager at that moment. And also with, with the crew of FIBA, uh, we were organizing the final four, as you know, and that was also another tough season, uh, but that showed the spirit of Savruja and Pinar Karasheka. That season gave many signals, in my idea, uh, gave us that what will be like if Savruja and Pinar Karasheka besides to each other. So in that season, Savruja put the level so high in, in, in the club history. Because that, was, that was one of the important corners, one of the important points of the club's history. And then, yes, at the end, we lost at the final by one point. But before that, maybe we were, we were even not able to talk about those type of successes. And it started with it. And then in um, September 2013, you became GM. Um, right. Maybe maybe how did that happen? And, and what did it mean to you? And, and, and how did you want to lead the team? Maybe that organization was important because with that organization, I show up that I had I had good good connections all all around. Maybe the board, especially the board, was changed in end of May, and there was a new board. There was a new president, and they came up with this kind of offer uh, to me, and that was that was a great opportunity for me. Great opportunity because. Because of the because of the people that I was going to work, and because of the coach, you know, I knew him for one season. And I knew him that he supports the guys around a lot. So I said, that's the timing to to accept that type of offer, and then we start. Pl- players have have role models, um, uh, coaches. You know, look at other coaches who, you know, learn uh, uh, their own, develop their own coaching philosophy. How did you go about becoming a GM? Uh, actually, I don't know if I can have an exact answer to this question, but as I told you at the beginning, uh, that was just, that could be a, just a dream for me when I was, when I was a student in, in the college and, you know, come and work voluntarily uh, as a part of as a part of a family. And when I was graduated, I could go another way instead of basketball. But just small details always kept me in the system. And step by step, I loved this side. So, and then it, it came over and over and over. 
I don't know if I can give another exact answer, but I think these are that I can say. And then your first season as GM, the club won its first ever Turkish Cup, um, reached the reached the Turkish League semis, um, and then uh, 2000, 2015, uh, you won the first the the Turkish League title for the first time in twenty eight years, uh, and also reached the Euro Cup uh, quarterfinals. Uh, maybe just how do you how do you look back on that two year run? Um, it's a good way to start uh, to, to start your era as a GM. <laughs> I think that was my luck. <laughs> that was my luck. Uh, as I said that previously, uh, with the coach, with the players, with the spirit, uh, maybe we had we had a good family. Maybe we can say so. As a GM, you know, that period was my luck. I'm, I'm becoming GM in September and not so far. In February, we are taking the first trophy, Turkish Cup, in the history of the club. History of the club, we are saying, let me say something about the club. Uh, Karşıka Sports Club held in 1912, uh, where still was born in all over Turkey, maybe. And then the basketball started to be played in 1950s. So, This is a this is a huge history, in my eyes, in my opinion. I believe that people will also agree and accept. So from this from this view, uh, that that was a big success. But we did all together. I mean, me, small part maybe, coach, players, fans, board, everybody. So it was a good beginning and good timing for me, I think. Yeah. And that was that was a lot for me. Yeah, um, and then 2015-16 season, Kashiaka played in the in the Euroleague. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you guys probably dreamt of playing in the Euroleague for a long time before that. Um, and then you know you start off the season with a home game against Barcelona, and you win. I mean, you don't get probably more magical than that, no? <laughs> uh, uh. About Barcelona game, I have two answers, but before that, I will come to another point. Uh, unfortunately, after we won the title in the Turkish League, uh, maybe you will remember, uh, EuroLeague didn't accept us directly to be in the EuroLeague at the upcoming season. So we had some negotiations, we had some meetings, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of first week of July, uh, we were accepted. But until that moment, unfortunately, maybe we couldn't make the correct moves on time that we had to. Because that was that was a blank. After that, we did, and we came up to the Euro League. One season we spent there. Uh, many things also. I mean, there were some up and downs in the board of Karsheka, and there were up and downs in the football side, which is straight affecting all the clubs. And because of that, that was that was not not a successful, not a good experience for us. But for the Barcelona, what I will say to you, at the very beginning, everybody was expecting to be in the Euroleague. But when we won Barcelona home, everybody started to accept. Let's go to final four. Let's go to final eight. <laughs> I mean, people thought that winning Barcelona was a signal of success to go up to final eight, final four, somewhere. So, I mean, suddenly the expectation gets bigger and bigger and bigger. 
it was not easy to to handle that. So that that season was unfortunately not a good experience for us. Uh, not maybe not correct. That season wasn't a success for us, but an important experience. This is I think better saying. Yeah, you you guys ended up with two more victories, beating um, Salona Gora uh, the other two games. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you talk to players who play in the Euroleague, uh, this kind of goes along with the question that I asked before. When, when you play uh, players who play in the Euroleague for the first time, it's a learning experience. Coaches who coach in the in the Euroleague for the first time, it's a learning experience. Um, what did you learn as a GM from having your team play in the Euroleague that has helped you? Uh, what I can say, don't let nobody to push you <laughs> to spend more and more. Just try to spend what you can find. Personally, I'm talking about. Good answer. Good answer. Um, and then you had all the success. Um, and, and you know, obviously Coach Sharik has, you know, helped it. And he left in 2016 uh, to go to Besiktas. How hard mm-hmm. was that for you? I mean, you kind of started. He was there a year and uh, before you came over as a GM, but you were obviously there and you saw all this success with him. And, and uh, how hard was it to to see him go? Oh, it was it was tough moment to be honest. You know, as you said, that I became GM as a coach, and then we had many successes one by one, one another, one another, and we put some historic uh, moments also in our careers, also in club uh, history. So that was not easy. Also, Saruja is a guy received all the respect, all in Karshiaka. So this guy live in the club, and then the budget going down. And after the early season, we had some loans that we had to solve. So it was, it, it was really tough. Not only one season, at least two seasons in a row, it was so tough to manage. But anyway, anyway, you manage. Anyway, those are, as I said previously, those are experience to step by step what to do and how to do. Uh, you ended up going through a season with uh, Nenad Markovic, Alexander Kafunovic, um, uh, and then Dirk Bowerman took over the, the the I think February or so of the of the of the other season. Uh, you guys reached the BCL quarterfinals in 2017 and 18, but mm-hmm. in the in the in Turkey you missed the playoffs in 2017, 18, and 19. Um, mm-hmm. How do you look back on those three seasons? Uh, you know, that was a pity maybe, but in 2017-18 with, with Markovic, we were playing. And yes, as you said, that we went through top eight in BCL, top 16 round, we beat the Shikash with Saruja. Right, with, with Saruja. So that, that, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a pity. I mean, you now, shouldn't have yeah, left. You shouldn't have left, coach. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were also, we were also talking about that. This is, this is a maybe nice memory on, on one side. And, but we, we could also make the playoffs at that season, but unfortunately with the last game, I don't know if you will remember, uh, the Tofash game that we lost, we were out of out of playoffs. Uh, Tofash needed eight points difference to be in playoffs. We had, and that was the last game and home game in here. 
we lost by uh, we we went overtime, and after the overtime, we lost by eight or nine, and we were out of playoffs, and Tokaj was in. And then the year after was more tough because of the bones and because of the BAT fire and blah blah blah. So that was more tough season, 2018-19. And then we started to be stable a bit more, and now then we came together with Coach Sergio again. And how now, did, you know, how did so, how did that happen in 2019? You guys brought him back. Um, you know how did that? Uh, how was how did how did it happen with the uh, reuni reunification? Uh, because of the, first of all with the approach of the president and the board, and then with the approach and the support of Punar, our main sponsor, these came together. And then it let's say it was easier to be able to talk. With Coach Sarija, because he was also the coach of national team at that moment, as you know. So it became easier, and we were able to do it. Last season, you guys were very successful in the Turkish league, uh, second place when the when the season ended due to to Corona, um, and then you also were um, had reached the final four of the FIBA Europe Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're actually, uh, wanting to, to host the tournament, the final four, um, maybe how disappointed were you, um, that you didn't get a chance to, to maybe finally get a European, uh, trophy and, 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 and once again, host a, a final four. For sure. It was a disappointment because we were feeling that we were so close to, to get a European cup trophy. Uh, but anyway, what we can do, uh, that was, that was the situation. And still we are feeling the, feeling the few reflections, but, but what can I say? But you know, today, my colleagues remind me when I came to the office, today is the anniversary of us to play last game with the fans last season. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. 11th of March today, and 11th of March we played against BC Kiev. Uh, that was the top eight second game and home game. That was the last game with the fans, and today is the anniversary. Could you believe that we would have such kind of an anniversary in the history? <laughs> yeah, it's it's um well didn't didn't uh wasn't the um uh, what's his name with the Gobert? Didn't that happen? I think March 12th or something like that. March 12th or the 13th or something like that. Where uh, he yes, tested positive. Was, yes, tenth tenth of March was uh, was the first infect in Turkey was officially announced. Okay, and uh, then eleventh March we played BC Kiev. Of course, uh, the fans were affected, and not so many fans. But anyway, that was the game with the fans. And then the fourteenth of March, I think, was the last game last season that we played. That was on road against Galatasaray. Uh, we won. And then games were were stopped. Going from last season's team to this season's team, um, you guys uh, uh, parted ways with Brandon Trish, uh, Jordan Morgan, and Tony Crocker, uh, and then you ended up bringing in uh, Reimer Morgan, Sek Henry, and uh, Mahir Akva. Maybe just your your thought process um, with those personnel changes. 
when we finished, we honestly started to talk personally with the players uh, that we started to watch the improvements, how it will continue, what will happen. And we were informing the players one by one as we develop, as much as we were able to develop. Uh, and then some of the players decided by themselves uh, to cut the contract and not to wait. Uh, beat the other players. We said that yes, we can find the formulas to continue. As you, as you can understand, as everybody can understand, that part was also an issue about financial side. You know, uh, the games were stopped, the incomes were freezed. Let's say, uh, but we had still contracts and we had still obligations and responsibilities. Anyway. We found the solutions for those, but when we stopped last season, we cannot say we cannot only talk about uh, Europe Cup, but we also have to talk about the Turkish League because there is we have to underline what we had. We were in the we were we were in the second line behind Anadolu FS, and we played against them home, lost the game by one point at the at the last second. So that was so tough. That was, we were also so close up of the Turkish League. Uh, who, who could pretend what would happen in the playoffs? So basically, uh, that season affected us in both sides, in Turkish League and also in, 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 in Europe Cup. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's probably more of a question for coach, but, um, you know, this is the second season with uh, Ahmad Mbaye and, and Tony Taylor, who uh, together won the, the BCL. Uh, maybe how much easier is it? How much does it help having, you know, two absolute leaders? I mean, you saw what they did at the end of the game against Tofas. I mean, you've, you've been you know seeing it for, you know, a season and a half already. How much easier and how much does it help having those two just absolute leaders on your team? I can shortly say, I cannot say many things. As you said that, maybe this can be a coach question, technically. But in one side, you know what it is. Tony Taylor and Amat Mbaye, they both, as you said, I don't want to repeat, but shortly. Uh, they won BCL together at once. So this is humanity, I believe. If you get used to, to win, then you are more able to win. Mm -hmm. So this can be an answer. And with this spirit, we'll, tr we'll try to, we'll push to go through as much as we can. And that spirit, I believe, helps, helps to win a lot. Knowing everything that you accomplished last season um, and knowing that, you know, bringing in guys like uh, Reimer Morgan and Henry, you know, those are pretty good high-level players. Uh, maybe talk about the goals that you had for this team, um, you know, both uh, BCL and, and in Turkey. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about try to keep our spot, if we could keep our spots where we stopped last season. But at the beginning of the season, still we do, uh, without the fans, especially such a club, as us playing with the fans a lot and 
getting getting energy from them. Uh, that was a big that was a big missing for us. I mean, and we were we were discussing them what to do. So day by day, as much as we can, with the developments, with the improvements about the COVID nineteen, that we said that we can we we can renew step by step what to do. And now where we are, we are in top sixteen. We are trying to go final eight in DCL and in the league. We are in the second position. And with the playoffs, we are planning to go up to semifinals and then finals. But honestly, I mean, this is a weird situation none of us had before in the history. So day by day, we have to think what we are doing, where we are, and where we are able to go. This is more realistic. What would you say? I mean, we've all been dealing with it in uh, with the COVID and and the pandemic and everything that's involved in it, um, and uh, both professionally and personally and and everything else. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of of this whole pandemic for you? Many things we can we can count one by one. First of all. The, of course, important part, the financial side. Because when you think about about that, anyway, you have the expenses in front of you, but somehow you have to find the way for the incomes. When you think in general, what we could have about incomes, in general, we have lost 35, 40% of the incomes. We can call. We can talk about the ticket sales. We can talk about the season tickets. We can talk about uh, uh, about the sponsorships. We can talk about the support of the local management. We can talk about the support of the chambers, like chamber of industry of the city, chamber of commerce of the city. So, from many many different parts, of course, we are losing losing incomes because everybody has some some other issues in common. And these are the losers. 40% in general, but from the beginning of the season, you know, we knew that partially we will lose some of the ticket sales and some part of the sponsorships will be will be affected. Even in that pandemic forecast, still we have more or less 25% loss from our from our incomes. So we are trying to solve the best part. We are trying to handle the problems from this side. And beside of it, of course, what the effect? Even traveling is an effect now. Even traveling mm-hmm. is is a huge becomes huge question. For example, next week we will travel to Israel. Still, we are trying to solve some issue about about that about that road trip. So uh, many things we can count one by one, but basically these two are the most. Of course, on the other side, we try to protect not only players. But also people in the in the club who are working and their families, we have to we have to take care and we have to think about them. And so many other things became more important than what they were before. Basically, yeah. Um, I, I know that you uh, definitely the coach and the players. You know, want to think game by game. Um, I, I, I've seen that you've, uh, mentioned, you know, you said that you wanted to host the, the final four of the, uh, the FIBA Europe cup last season. Uh, and then you've been public also that you would love to be able to host the final eight 
if you guys get there, of course, um, maybe you can, um, again, like I said, I know you're, and I know as a club and you, you definitely want to think day by day, game by game. Um, but you know, there's also, you know, is it financially feasible, you know, everything else that, that goes involved with that, maybe just your, you know, say a couple words about, um, you know, a possibility that if you do reach the final eight, that you would, uh, that you would like to host it. Yeah, we are in touch with, with BCL about this. Uh, we asked them that we would like to host, uh, host the final eight. Uh, and we discussed with them just thinking about the conditions, how will it be and what will be, where we will be. Uh, day by day, how, how much we can find the answers of our question marks and that much we are willing to, to host the final eight. And last year, you said that we really wanted to do Final Four at home. We wanted to host it because we also wanted to be a part of the solution uh, to find a way mm -hmm. to finalize the competition. But anyway, it didn't work. So, But this year, again, we are willing to host the Final Eight as much as we can find the uh, answers of, of the question marks on the, on the table. Okay, last question. Um, I can imagine that uh, um, you know maybe maybe not necessarily fans of of, um, of the BCL might even listen to this podcast when they see that you're on um, as a as a GM of a Turkish club. You started in the club as a, as a statistician, statistician um, mm -hmm. and you worked your way up and up and up and up. Um, what would you? What advice would you give to young people who are thinking about becoming uh, a GM in Europe? Uh, from from my side of view, that I can say, I never think that one day I can get a title in in the club or in basketball. But I just did on that day what I have to do what responsibility that I can get and what people are expecting from me. Every day, uh, honestly, I'm telling you, every day I worked hard and, and I never say that one day I, I have to take this, I deserve this. I didn't say that. Of course, I was dreaming about something. Everybody has to dream. But first, do your job. Those people, for sure, seeing and watching what you are doing. I think this is the easiest definition. Head, head, head down right. and work. Head down and work, yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. Um, Salim Shanar, uh, thank you for coming on the GM of uh, Pinar Kashiaka. Good luck over the rest of the, of the playoffs. And uh, for you and your fans uh, uh, and club, hopefully you guys reach the final eight. David Time, thank you very much. I appreciate for your uh, kind invitation. And I hope that uh, th this is my first podcast uh, experience, and I hope it's not the one, a boring one for you. <laughs> and, of course, for the people who will listen. Uh, uh, thank it's, you very much. It's great to uh, learn, about, uh, m learn more about a club that uh, is really up and, up and coming. So uh, thanks for, for – and it, it was not boring at all. Great job. And, uh, again, like I said, uh, good luck. Thank you very much. 
yeah, you know, the the fact that they were hoping to host the Final Four last year in the FIBA Europe Cup, a realistic chance of winning that competition last year uh, for the first European uh, Cup in their history, uh, the fact that they were second place, um, I think only a game behind Anadolu Efes in the Turkish League last year, second place this year. Um, you know, we've been talking all, all season long about them being a title contender, um, and, uh, you know, it was, you know, they're, they're, you know, definitely interested in hosting a final eight, uh, if they get there, obviously they have to get there first. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a, they've, they've hosted a final four already with the Euro challenge, which obviously, uh, you know, turned out uh, to be, you know, really a cruel ending, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a club that's, that's been built up in a country that's, that's, you know, obviously so difficult, um, to, to establish yourself as a power with, with, uh, such powerful names in there. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about Kashiaka and, uh, and their return to the BCL. I'm the, the reason I'm most pleased with having them back is their new jerseys that they have. <laughs> Didn't ask him about that. That would have been a good one. <laughs> who, who decided on that one? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing them win it in the jerseys, the green and red ones, and using something like uh, Karshiaka uh, pass the test with flying colors uh, or something like that. There just, we just, go. Just, yeah, well, welcome back, Igor. You've been missing for a while. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're, you, you don't have. You're not doing the the live blog, so you're 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 kind of uh, <laughs> kind of rusty on your on your uh, on your comments. Shake it up. Shaking up the rest here. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move to the just quick look at next week's, uh, this upcoming week's games. Uh, Tuesday, we have uh, Igor Kea against Burgos, um, Ike and Strasbourg, Saragossa, Nimburg. Uh, and obviously, that's a, a showdown of the two 2 0 teams. And then Brindisi, Tofas. Maybe the game you're watching most closely. Oh, oh I'm, I have to go with Brindisi against Tofas because this would be. Tofas's, um, they could be fallen to 0 and 3, so they could be done <laughs> by the first half of the playoffs. So th- th- this is the one to keep an eye on, especially because Brindisi are playing so well even without D'Angelo Harrison. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, maybe a point differential in the Saragossa Nimber game. Whoever wins, you know, just to see who. You know who wins by the most, and 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 maybe how long Igokea can poke the bear with Burgos. I don't know. Maybe that's. Um, I really don't think so because Igokea are a strong physical team, and that's the side of Burgos that they're not going to want to see because Burgos are okay. kind of the powerful team, the physical team. Yeah, they're yeah. much more like you know, they're like dancers out on the court with so many motions and. So that's why, you know, like even even they blew out. Okay, but I think that Burgos are not gonna suit. Okay, at all. Yeah, I agree. Wednesday, Turk Telecom Ankara uh, host Nizni, uh, Halon uh, host Kashiaka Tenerife uh, take on Fevriga, and then the battle of zero and two teams Bamberg and Sassari. I'm going to watch Bomberg and Sassari just to see if Bomberg can win a game and so I can text you like, where are you at now, Dave? <laughs> Man, I'll be on the podcast next week. No worries. <laughs> and I'll say I'm wrong. 
Uh, this is a huge game for Cesar Sasser, though. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you can't, uh, you know, having having lost to um, having lost to uh, Saragossa and, and Nimbrook already, you know, you're you're in a hole. I mean, this is this is almost a must win. Uh, I mean, you really have to win both your games against Bomberg if you want to uh, get out of that group now. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I still, even if they drop two and three, still wouldn't write them off because they're going to have a pair of games at home uh, and game days four, five, and six, so they could still be out of the pool. Yep, without a doubt. All right, um, so that's the podcast this week. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, go to at uh, BasketballCL. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can get all of the wonderful writings and uh, follow the, the game reports uh, and stats and everything else on championsleague.basketball. There's a mobile app. Uh, we have a Twitch channel. Um, I'm not I'm not really Twitch uh, affluent right now. I'm slowly thinking about trying to get towards there, but uh, part of me uh, is so scared <laughs> to even do that. I know you're probably not even thinking about it. Uh, there's a, the mobile app, uh, the email address is info at championsleague.basketball and all the games are live and on demand at livebasketball.tv. Uh, Igor, final comments for the week for the fans. Uh, don't get on Dave's bandwagon <laughs> of caterers towards Bumper. They're going to be fine. <laughs> all right. Um, Hey man, if you want to, uh, that's, that's fine. I, I, I don't mind being alone on it. Um, I, I I love that organization. They they've been always so great to me. I've always, I go I I used to go to a lot of games there, um, and uh, and uh, you know it is one of the the big pillars of basketball in Germany. So, all right, that's the show this week. Uh, enjoy the the action, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.